I, I want to reiterate one thing. Um, Joel talked about it, the, the candy thing. I'm just, this is my, my first like event with you guys and, and the city. And I told you, and, uh, we want to be a church, continue to be a church, that when, the, when our city's doing something, they think, oh, CTK Ferndo. They, they show up to everything. So let's show up in force with candy on that day, passing it out. It's just really kind of a cool opportunity for that. Uh, kind of a personal note, yesterday uh, my family spent all day moving from Marysville to, well, Blaine right now, um, but all of our stuff is in storage in Blaine. Isn't that exciting? Uh, you're not supposed to cheer that my stuff is in storage. You're supposed to cheer when it's <laughs> Kidding, I kid. Uh, listen, we moved all that yesterday. Now, here's the deal. We are, we're working on signing on a house, and when that comes through, then I'm going to be saying, now it's your turn to come bless the pastor because we're going to need help. Uh, so I'll let you know when that is. We don't have a closing day, but we're just excited that it's just another step into uh, just really immersing in this, this community, get to know people. So thank you for your prayers. We really appreciate it. We started at 7 a.m. yesterday and, and I crawled into bed at about midnight. So it's one of those days uh, that uh, I'm like, hopefully I preach and it makes any kind of sense today. So um, Holy Spirit, here we go. Uh, so those are a few things. Um, that, uh, that where we're heading. Um, so thank you guys for, for all of your understanding and, and love and support. We are in a series. The first five messages I want to preach here at CTK Ferndale is really about the focus that God has put on my heart. I, I believe all summer long I've been praying, even before I knew I had this job. I said, God, where, wherever I go, what do you want me to lead? How do you want me to lead? And, and, I'm, I'm on, and I said this a few times, but I've, I'm expecting God to download this 32-point thing, and, and we're going to write a book, and it's going it's to be perfect, this perfect strategy. And God stopped me in my tracks and said, no, 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 no. Keep it simple. Stupid. Um, he didn't, God doesn't say that. God doesn't talk to me that way. Hey. Keep it simple. He said, here it is. Love God, love people. Why do we complicate things? Right? The Bible simply says, love God, love people. And, and really, this is the focus that God downloaded on my heart. My first five messages of this, the first one we talked about, the, about where it all comes from, love God, love people. If we get that right as people of God, not just as a church, as followers of Jesus, love God, love people, we're on the right track. We're on the right track. But how are we going to do this? How are we going to love God? And we're going to love God through the way we worship and through our devotion. How are we going to love people? Simply, uh, through our community and our generosity, how we live our lives outward. Each message in this series is going to dissect this a little bit. Last week, we talked about worship. What does it mean to pour my life out? Because he's worthy of everything that I am, all that I am. And each one of these, uh, these messages, I'm going to give you homework assignment. I'm going to give you homework. That's right. You elected a pastor who's giving homework, and I make no apologies. Last week, I gave you the assignment between now and Christmas— Will you come ready before you walk through the doors, laying distractions down, saying, Jesus, prepare my heart. I'm coming to worship you. Anybody come ready today? Anybody take me up on that? Okay, there's a few of you. Thank you. Um, guess what? Here's what's cool about this homework. You don't have to, uh, like, if you've messed up, you're like, ah, it's out. No, no, no. Start now. Start today. Hey, good news. Um, so today we're going to zoom in on this next part of loving God, and that's through devotion. Through our devotion. Uh, that's where we're going to go today. So if you have your Bibles, grab those. If you're going to take notes, take notes. It's online. If you're watching online, there's a, uh, we want to welcome you and thank you for being here. We're going to put a lot of this on the screen, but we're going to talk about devotion today. Before I do that, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been distracted? Come on, every hand in this room. 
if you're young or old, you've been distracted. You're going along, doing your thing, all of a sudden, something pops into your mind, and what do we do? Squirrel! Or oh, we do this, and, and we're walking down, walking down the road like this. How many of you ever watched those fail uh, vlogs where they're, they're, they're like doing this, and all of a sudden, pull, uh, right? Or I watched one the other day where they're doing this, and all of a sudden they go into this fountain, head first into the fountain, like, and we laugh because it's hilarious, but then inside going, yeah, but that could be me, so I better be careful next time. Uh, the, the distractions, they're, they're everywhere. We've all been distracted. The, the other day, um, I'm going to embarrass my son. By the way, when I do talk about my children or my family in my messages, I always owe them Starbucks. So I told Tyler this, and he goes, you got me Starbucks? Like, okay. He was doing his schoolwork on the couch, and I was uh, at the, uh, in the kitchen, and, and I see him doing his schoolwork, and all of a sudden he does this. I'm like, dude, Tyler, where'd you go? You, you need to be doing your, your, your math, your science. And I said, what are you thinking about? And he said, I'm just trying to calculate how much money Elon Musk makes in a second. Um, and I said, I'm proud of you, it's math. Um, which, by the way, no, I looked it up, it's $813 a second um, if you're Elon Musk uh, follower. Like, I'm close to that, I'm real close. <laughs> but we have this a- attention problem, don't we? We have an attention problem. I, I, read a, I heard about this article, and, and, I, and I read it. It's about human attention span. In the year 2000, Time Magazine did, a, did an article, and they figured out that the human att- average human attention span was 12 seconds. Yeah, that's shocking. In 2015, they did it again, and it was eight seconds. Let me put this into perspective for you. The average goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. Guys, we got some work to do. <laughs> but it's this idea of, of, of this, this attention, and, and we have a problem driving down the road. We, it, listen, attention deficit problems are, are real, <laughs> and, and, and not paying attention is, is real stuff. And it's funny when we see someone falling in, in, a, in a fountain, but at the same time, it's not funny when you talk about texting and driving. And when, you, when, when, you, when you start seeing families who are supposed to have family time, and they're all like that, right? Flipped that and got real serious. But this is, I mean, just joke about it because this is real stuff, right? And and, and if we all have this attention span in our everyday lives, here's my question to you. Do you think we have that same problem in our spiritual lives? I think these two things are connected. Average attention span, eight seconds. We worship Jesus for eight seconds at a time. Yeah, yeah, squirrel, right? (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, my phone's ringing. I better check the, the, the football my coog's lost. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that was coming. I wanted to find two terms, and we're going to jump into the Word of God. Uh, two terms when we're talking about this. First one is devoted. This word devoted means this. It means to be steadfastly attentive unto something, to give unremitting care to a thing, to stay focused on something, saying, all in. And in our case, when we're going to love God, we're saying it's unremitting care to Jesus. But I want to add another term to this. It's determined. Having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Here's the main point of this message today. It's this. We must be determined to be devoted. We must take that step. We must make that decision in saying, Jesus, I'm in. All in. And it's a determination. This takes work. 
This takes us to make that step, make that choice, saying, okay, today, I'm going to stay focused a little more than I did yesterday. Come back, come back, Adam. This is what it's all about. Because there's a world out there vying for your attention. There's a world out there longing for your worship. And when we're doing one of these spiritually, we're in trouble. The challenge today is to be determined to be devoted. If you have your Bibles, open up Daniel chapter 1. We're going to dig into this because I think there's something about the life of Daniel in chapter 1 that's going to teach us something. Before we do, if you have your Bible, open it up. It's going to be on the screen. If it's on your phone, pull that out. And, and, I, and I trust you're not watching scores. You're not going to be distracted because we're talking about it. Let's pray before we, uh, we jump into it. Lord, I confess my attention, my focus struggles. God, I pray that as we talk about this determination to be devoted to you, I pray you'd move in our hearts and help us by the power of your spirit to have the strength to make that step. Help us today. May your word be, be put in our hearts that we'd follow it and not turn against you and that it would grow and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Daniel chapter one, let's dig into it. Is this, during the year, the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar, I like that name, solid uh, of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. Pause there for a moment. Uh, uh, what, what's happening here, sometimes you're like, God, you let them attack your people. Well, what was happening is the, the, the Israelites had a little bit of an attention problem. It was going to everything else but God. And, and part of this was, hey, we, we got to wake them up. And so Nebuchadnezzar came in and took them, uh, took all this stuff back to Babylon and placed them in the treasure house of his God, little g. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring the palace, bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Pause there for a second. This part frightens me because I would have been selected. <laughs> and it really, I mean, strong and good-looking, young. What they were doing was trying to find the best of the best. King Nebuchadnezzar says, find the best and bring them here. And you're going to find out why in just a second. He says, bring them in. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning. Again, I'd have been selected. Um, and they are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then he would they would enter the royal palace. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. Now look at what's happening here. Put your finger there and just pause for a second. What Babylon was doing was trying to take the best of the best, bring them into the culture of Babylon, brainwash them, retrain them, re-identify them to be Babylonians so that they would have the best of the best of the best as the Babylonian culture, as the Babylonian leaders. It was genius. 
you want to shape a culture, change, change this next generation, change these kids. Listen, pause it for a second. I believe the enemy, Satan, is trying to do that in our culture, isn't he? Trying to brainwash and re-identify the kids in, in, in this coming culture so that in the future we forget who God is. Can I just pause here for a second? We have a lot of here at CTK. And I won't embarrass you by making you stand up or raise your hands, but, but church, we need to pray for these They are on the front lines of these kids and, and it breaks my heart when my wife comes home because she's a teacher and, and she tells me about these stories. I'm like, how do, you, how do you teach a young kid when their lives are in turmoil? When they're having trouble finding, even knowing who they are? Church, we gotta pray for our teachers. Pray for godly, faith-believing teachers in our, in our public. And God's gonna honor that. And I pray God's favor and blessing over, over you teachers that God would give you words to say not only to these students, but other teachers in our public schools. Because I know, and we see right here, exactly the tactic of our enemy. Trying to destroy this generation coming up. This is exactly what Babylon's doing. He's, they're trying to steal their identity and re-identify them in different ways. Here's how I know this. Look at the names. Have you ever done a name study on this or heard somebody talk about it? I'll go through it real quick. It's really fascinating. The name Daniel, it, it means... God is my judge. He was named at birth. God is my judge. They renamed him to Belshazzar, which means Bel, Bel's prince. Bel is their god, their idol. Same, from, from God is, is king to, to, to Bel, to Bel's, Bel's child, Bel's prince. Uh, the, the name Hananiah means beloved by the Lord. It was changed to Shadrach, meaning illuminated by the sun god. Uh, the, the, the name Mishael means who is as God, this worship. They renamed it to, uh, uh, to who is like Shaq, which means, which is a Babylonian goddess. From who is like God to who is like Shaq. And then the last one, Azariah, means the Lord is my help, and changed to Abednego, meaning servant of Nego, another one of their gods. What they were doing is very, very clear right here. Changing the identity. Convincing them their God is dead and gone. He's abandoned you. Come and worship our gods. And they were doing a very, very good job of it. They had done this. This isn't the first culture or nation that Babylon had, has done this with. This was how they grew to be such a powerful nation. The best, retraining them, rebranding them. And, and, and then they would feed them food. They would feed them the king's food. Uh, and, and a lot of things that the Israelites and, and the faith in God said, don't eat. Don't eat food that's offered to idols. Don't eat food. Uh, they, they didn't eat pork. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that God declared bacon clean um, because I do love my bacon, um, and I hope it's in your chili. I, I, don't, I don't, you know. Um. But all of these things were placed before them as stumbling blocks, as ways to corrupt them, as, as ways to destroy what was in order to define what could be, what is in our new culture. Your God is dead. Our gods are powerful. And then we get to verse 8. Ready? But Daniel was determined. Everybody say determined. determined. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. All of this stuff going on, and these four said, nope. I am going to be determined to be devoted to God, and I'm not going away from it. 
You can change my name. Pull me out of my but I won't, will not stop serving my God. Daniel determined. That is huge. We need to understand. And, and, and so what they did was, they, they said, we won't do that kind of stuff. So they went to the, the, the one leader, Ashpenaz, and said, hey, listen, would you please um, allow us to not eat that food? Let us eat vegetables and water. And you know, that sound good? I mean, if you're a vegetarian, this is not a vegetarian thing or a for, a, a pro or against. I'm not saying that. That's just what they said. We won't eat that food because it defiles our God, and we're not going to do that. And, so, and that guy said, no way, because you guys will get scrawny, and, and king will have my head. No way. But, so Daniel went to another uh, leader and said, hey, just give us 10 days. 10 days is all we ask. 10 days to not defile ourselves, but be devoted to God. And, and, and do you know what happened in those 10 days? Have you read this story before? Uh, look what happens, verse 15, verse 17, and verse 19, if you have it. It's going to be up here. I won't take time to read it. They got stronger, smarter, and more impressive than anyone else. Here's what catches me in this. They weren't the only captives who were taken from the Israelites. These four said, we're not. How many more said, okay, I'll eat the food. Rename me what you want. I, 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 we don't know. I'm reading between the lines. But w- what we know is they would take more than four. These four said no, and look how God blessed them. Look what God did in and through them. They were stronger. They were smarter. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar uh, saw them and said, these guys impress me. They're better than anyone else. So moved up in ranks very, very quickly. It, it's because the favor of God was on him because he said, I will not. Man, what a challenge. And in fact, it goes so far as if you read on in the book that at, at late, later on, Nebuchadnezzar actually does confess God as Lord, saying, wow, there's something to your God. How, when we look at, at Daniel, how do we say, how do we become a, a church full of Daniels? Students, how do you become a, a, a kids in your, in, in your classroom like Daniel? How do you become a Daniel in your workplace? Or where you go, how do we get this? The main point, be determined to, to be devoted. How do we get there? I want to look at a couple things really quickly that will challenge help us when I read this. How do we be determined to be devoted? So important before I get to these that I need you to know, and I'm going to say it again, the enemy is trying to get you to let down your guard and start down the slippery slope of forgetting who your God is. If he can silence the church, he wins. I pray he's not effective here at TTK for no. I pray he's not effective in the church. Big C. That we as God's followers say, no, not me. We as God say like Daniel, no, I'm determined to be devoted to God, no matter what everyone else does, even if my, my Christian friends are doing this thing, I know that's not what God wants me to do, and I will be determined. We, I, I pray, God will raise up leaders, students, adults, who will say, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to be proud of it. I want the world to know. How? How do we do this? How do we stay determined to be devoted? Here, here's, here's point number one, really simple. Decide now. Decide today. 
Maybe you decided years ago, awesome. Decide today to be uh, uh, determined to be devoted to God. In the moment when the heat is on, it is really hard to make a decision in that moment. Don't, don't think for a moment that when they were fed all this food and renamed these things, Daniel goes, oh, guys, you know what's a really good idea? We should be devoted to God. I just had a brilliant, brilliant idea. Let's be determined. Not at all. Do you know when Daniel decided to be determined? When he was young. Years ago, saying, God, I, I will memorize, I will learn this. That's the only reason I, I can think of why in this moment he would say no to all this good stuff. There's a lot of good food. He, would, he, he had a lot of stuff before him. Do you know how we become determined to be devoted? We decide right now. Decide to Today I'm going to do it. Don't wait till tomorrow because it's going to be easy tomorrow to say no. Ah, just a little bit. Just a little bit of the king's food. When we determine today, it makes our decisions tomorrow that much easier. In the face of trial, when the heat is on, it is hard to make a wise decision. I see a lot of heads nodding because you, you know you've been there. I look back at the times in my life when I've messed up and I'm not perfect. I've not led a perfect life. Just as my name says Pastor Adam doesn't mean I'm perfect Adam, not even close. I made my own fair share of mistakes. What I know is in that that I make those mistakes, I, I, I put all this other stuff aside, I forget. Start to believe what the enemy says about me. Maybe the enemy's telling you you're worthless, you're useless, you're nothing. Maybe the enemy's trying to rename you. In that moment, you need to remember what God calls you, what God did for you, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. He looked at you and said, you're worth it. That's the God I want to serve. That's the God I want to be devoted to. That's the God I want to give everything I am to. And not eating that good food and, and not defiling myself and, and how Babylon is trying to trick us. I want to live in a way that I can be determined like Daniel. You decide today. You decide today saying, Jesus, I'm in. Today's the day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Determine today. And secondly is this. This is really practical already. It's going to blow your mind. Make a plan. <laughs> Make a plan. It's simple. Here's what I'm going to do in order to stay uh, uh, devoted to God. And there's a lot of, I, I, I thought about this, prayed about it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways I could say, hey, here's, here's what I need you to do. Do this and this and this and this. But God said, Adam, just, just remind him one thing. If you know, learn anything from me, it's, it's keep it simple, because I need it. You ready? And here is an, here, herein lies my challenge. Between now and Christmas, read the Bible more than you do right now. Every day. It's a simple challenge. Read God's word. Open it up. If you are somebody who like, I, but I never, I, what was, maybe one day a week, set a goal. Every Monday, I'm going to read the Bible. And maybe maybe you, you, you read it like once a month. Like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it every week. Maybe you do three or four times a week. Try five, try six. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I just want to challenge you to, to this. Will you take the challenge to read God's word a little more today or tomorrow than you do today? 
And now, now I, I'm not, not saying that you need to read pages. If you have it on your, on your, your screen, that's fine. I'm a page turner. I like that. And this is the only way. If put it in your car on the way to God's Word. Um, there's great apps out there. Uh, version app. It's a reminder. The app is all, all kinds of Bible plans. There. Have it read to you. Or, or get on, um, John Garner sends a verse every single day, so if you get on his list, you'll you get the Bible right to your phone. Like, hey, um, thank you, John. Uh, listen, I'm not going to make all these rules. All I'm saying is, read it more today than you did yesterday. Why? Because this is the truth in God's Word. This is, this is, this is the truth. I learned what Jesus says about me. I learn in this what he's done for me. And, and, and this word, this book is unlike any other book. It is alive and active, sharper than any two edges. Cuts right to my heart. I can't tell you how many times. I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going to apply that. And then like later that day going, oh, right here. <laughs> Even when I don't understand it, I keep reading it. Do you hear me? Even when I don't understand it, because a lot of times we're reading it like, I don't get that. All right, Bible done. I'm not reading that thing again. Pick it up and keep going. God honors that faithfulness. Make a plan. And then get accountability. Find somebody in your life who says, how you doing? Reading. I, I, have, I have an app on my phone that, that buzzes me. Hey. Because I need help. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Maybe you have an accountability partner, somebody who's like, hey, read your Bible this week? Find somebody. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a, a good friend. Maybe it's a, a group of men or women. I, I don't know. The, the bottom line is we need to be a church that is in this if we're going to be devoted to Jesus. Every morning, I, I, I'm not perfect at it. I don't hit every single morning, but as much as I can, I open this thing up. I, I sit with my, because coffee in the Bible is just like, works really good together. Um, coffee's not in the Bible at all, and we'll talk about it later. Um, uh, I get up with my coffee and my Bible and, and read. And then and here, here's how, personally, just how I do it. And you don't need to do it this way. I'm not saying it's how it is. But I'll, I'll highlight and I'll underline things. And then I'll pull out my journal and just write that verse that I highlighted. Start writing, God, what are you, what, God, what are you saying to me? And I just start writing stuff. That's one way I do it. It has become a, an important time. You know what that time with Jesus is called? I ca it's called our devotion time. It's a time where I guard and I say, God, I want to be devoted to you, so I'm going to start right here. And I'm going to guard my time, whether it's one days a week, three days, whatever it may be. I want to be one who's devoted. Because uh, uh, David writes in Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I pray, God, may I put this thing in my heart and in my head that I can follow you. Because I want to be devoted with all that I am because you're worthy. Jesus, I love you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I'm not sending it to you. Church, here, here's the deal. Maybe sitting there going, oh, it's a Bible reading. Yeah, this, this pastor challenges to read the Bible and everybody else does. Ooh. No. Here's the deal. Here, can you challenge you to take that step in the word of God? Because I know the slippery slope that happens in our lives when we don't. When we put this Bible on the shelf and it starts to collect dust, I know what happens. 
there's a saying that I live by, and I, and I didn't make it up, but we either grow daily or we die. It is a slope. Here's what Hebrews, uh, the author of Hebrews writes in, in, in two, Hebrews 2, 1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we will what? Drift away. The devotion, the determination to be devoted to Jesus isn't an instant, I'm going away. It's a slow fade where the next thing you know, you go, oh, I haven't read that thing in a while. I haven't been to church in a while. Oh, yeah, God. No one plans to get there. Slowly, over time, the enemy does just what he does, the Babylonians did. Hey, you can ignore that today. It's not a big deal. Hey, hey, that doesn't define you anymore. This does. Your name is, is no longer following, a follower of Christ. You're, you're a follower of the world. It's a slow fade, and you wake up one day and go, how did I get That's why I say it this way. We must be determined to be devoted to him. He is worthy. There, there's a, an old hymn I love. It's called Come Thou Fount. I don't know if you've ever sang that song, but I love that song. There's a line in it that says this. God, he says, they're singing in it. I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God I love. So God, here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I know who I am, and I know what I have a tendency to do. I have a tendency for this low fate. So God, every day I pray this. God, take my heart. Seal it. I'm yours forever. Students, look at me. The enemy is going to try to destroy you. And you may say reading God's word is for somebody who's older. Lies. We need you to lead the way. Get in God's word. It challenges your parents to do the same. Parents, set the example for your kids. Let them catch you reading your Bible. What would it look like if all generations together were in? That's my heart for CT. I say love God through our devotion. That we would be a church who's known for this. We like Jesus, and we like his word, and we read it a lot. That's our goal. That's our challenge. In. Take a step. I'm not going to give you a massive assignment. It's just read the Bible more tomorrow than you did today. Next week than you did this week. Take a step. That's between you and Jesus. How much you do? Between you and Jesus. But will you pray about it? Because he's worth it. We're going to close today, this service today, by receiving communion. And I know I talked about God's word, like communion. This is what it's about. What Jesus did on the cross for you and I. It's worth saying, here's my heart. They can seal it. Gestures are coming, and, and they're going to pass these elements down the aisle. As they come down, you, you'll get a cup and a little cracker. If you just hang on as it passes by you, hang on to those things. We're going to receive it together. I'll, I'll lead us in that. We're going we're gonna, to we're do communion as a family. If you're watching online, grab a piece of bread and some water. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Receive communion with us. You can, ushers, you go ahead and pass. And as you get those, just, just hang on to them. Um, and then I will, uh, I will lead us in just a moment. But I want you to think about this for, for what we hold in our hands that you're about to receive. Some grape juice and an oyster cracker. 
But what this symbolizes is what Jesus did for you. What Jesus did for me. What this symbolizes is our identity. Not what the world says about you. Not even what your past says about you or your friends say about you. It is about this here. Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. That we could have life and life eternal and abundant. This is the Jesus that I want to be devoted to. That I want to give my life to. As you get these, would you take it? And, and maybe between you and Jesus, just get your heart right with him. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I've been distracted. And, and maybe you, I've been distracted and I've been down a slope and I have not picked up my Bible and I can't even tell you how long. I'm not here to condemn you. And neither is Jesus. It's just saying, God, I'm going to recenter my life today. I don't want, I, I want to release you from guilt and condemnation. Now, Jesus will challenge us. Because <laughs> he's going to say, let's keep going. Let's take a step. I, I, I preach this way. I don't preach for perfection. You take another step today. And we take another step towards Jesus. These, you say, Jesus, purify my heart. Cleanse me. It's an important step in taking communion. The blood washes white as snow. If you don't want to receive with us, you can just let that pass. It's just completely up between, between you and Jesus. The Bible tells us to do this often. You know why it tells us to do this often? Because we forget. We get distracted. We forget what Jesus did on the cross. Not, not on purpose. But we need reminders a lot. We're doing this a lot here at this church. Because I need this reminder. Jesus was with the disciples in the upper room and they're having that supper. I just think of it. He takes the bread and he breaks. Think of it shocking moment that the disciples had with Jesus as he said these this is my body now I don't think it, it for them it was like oh yeah it's your body yep uh huh there it is it's probably just as shocking as it is to us today going your body what's on here Jesus passed the bread and said this is my body broken he's with the disciples he's about to go to his death this is an important moment what we hold in our hands is important I want you just take a moment would you just bow your heads with me I'm, we're going to receive this in a moment so just hold it in your hand wait until everybody gets served because we do this as a family and I just want you to talk to Jesus for a moment Get it real. And let him speak to you. I'm just going to give you a moment between you and Jesus in, in your silence. You take that bread and would you hold it up? Give it, Lord. Thank you. 
was broken. We didn't deserve it. We did nothing to earn it. In fact, God, we turned our back on it. But you came anyway. For me. Thank you, Lord. Purify our hearts. Cleanse us. Thank you for your body that was broken. Let's receive that together. The Bible tells us that on the same dinner, that same night, he took the bread, then he took the cup, and he said this shocking word, this is my blood. This is juice, people. <laughs> but it represents Jesus. Because the Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. We, we were going to have to pay that price. Our blood was going to have to be shed. I, I, for the wages of sin but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Is Jesus looking at you and says, no, they, they don't have to pay. I will. Once and for all, their sins are forgiven. Wow. When was the last time that hit you? Forgiven. Not because of anything I did, because what he did. This is the Jesus I want to be devoted to. Hold that cup pray. Jesus, thank you for your blood. It washes over all of our hearts that you would purify us and forgive us. Wash us whiter than snow. Thank you, Lord, for knowing who we are and finding value in us when no one else did and the enemy was trying to tell us we have none. Jesus, we thank you. In Jesus' name, let's receive that together. you stand with me? We're going to close in a song. Jacob and the team are going to lead us in, in one last song. Church, take a moment and read, align your life and read. If you don't know this Jesus, as we sing this song, it's a simple prayer saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come and be my Savior. I confess you as Lord. And you've step. Maybe you just need to take the next minute or two before we leave and go enjoy the sunshine and all the stuff going on today. Glad that you were here. Thank you. But I pray you walk out these doors. And like Daniel, we walk out and say, I'm determined. I'm de determined to be devoted. Remember the assignment. I'm going to pray more next week than I did this week. I read my Bible more. Pray too. Don't forget that part. It's important. And I'm going to read my Bible more. Put it on your app. Do whatever you need to do. Put your verses on the wall. Car as you're driving. Let's sing together before we're done.